Welcome to Round Hill Radio, the podcast from Round Hill Community Church. Through our conversations, we discover the holy and the ordinary, find moments of grace and peace, and redefine what we talk about when we talk about faith. Today, we welcome Adam Smedberg from Church World Service, an organization committed to transforming communities around the globe through just and sustainable responses to hunger, poverty, displacement, and disaster. to Round Hill Radio. I'm Leslie. Welcome, Adam. Hi. How are you, Leslie? I'm good. Thank you so much for taking time to do this. Oh, thanks for having me. So you work with Church World Service. Yes. To those of us who are unsure what that is, will you tell us a little bit about it? Sure. Uh, So we are a nonprofit organization. We've been around now for about 73 years. And we started in 1946 helping farmers in Europe whose land was destroyed uh, because of the war. We worked with farmers here in the Midwest to send grain and seed over to support them. And now we are uh, supporting uh, at vulnerable communities in over 40 different countries, including communities right here in the U.S. And uh, we are supported mostly, mostly through the ecumenical and faith community. Mm-hmm. Um, but we know that hunger and disaster relief um, knows no ecumenical bounds <laughs> or, or not held by boundaries. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I had really is a world service. Yes. That's amazing. So what is your role within it? So my role, I work uh, with churches, groups, organizations here in New England to spread the awareness of the work we are doing, um, to help fund the work we are doing in the different uh, communities that we're doing, and also making sure that the work, you know, that a community is supporting aligns with the work that we are doing Mm -hmm. so that way you know if it's a program supporting um hunger it aligns with the mission of that church you know because we're in as i said before we're in 40 different countries we're like baskin robbins we have different (laughs) things that every ecumenical or organization is interested in supporting we have something that ties into that yeah is the need very different country to country? Yes, it is. Um, you know, just to give an example, our programs in Haiti focus mostly on rebuilding homes that will be uh, hurricane-proof. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've rebuilt over almost 150 homes that withstood Irma and Maria when they made landfall in 2017 in response to Hurricane Matthew in 2016. Wow. Um, whereas our work in Indonesia is to help uh, train farmers on how to better cultivate their land, how to better grow, because there they can grow four times a year, but they grow the same things every time. So right. it can really damage the land they're using. So we introduce new seeds, we introduce new growing techniques, um, and try to introduce different livestock that can help uh, with their, with their uh, introduce new things to their diet. That's amazing. How, how many people work with, with CUWS so, as, as like staff or volunteers? So domestically, we probably have about a staff of, say, 35 to 40. Um, internationally, there's probably about another 20 or so. Um, and then everything we do is within partnerships with the uh, local community governments or local community organizations to uh, help build those communities back up. Amazing. How, how long have you been with these guys? Uh, almost two years now. When what what drew you to this work? Uh, so I'm a person of faith. Uh, I grew up in the church uh, in Massachusetts, and I was a federated church, UCC and UMC. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when it comes to a, a federated church, there can be some political issues that can arise, mm-hmm. and uh, we dealt with some of those. And so I actually left the church for a while, and then uh, returned to my faith 
when I was living in Kentucky at the time. Um, and uh, became a member of a UMC church down there. And, but I uh, realized I didn't want to work for profit anymore. So I left the for-profit world for nonprofit world and worked for the American Cancer Society for a number of years. Uh, with the Relay for Life program, both in Kentucky, and then I moved back here when uh, my nephews confused me with my Puerto Rican stepbrothers. So <laughs> uh, I realized that being the uncle who just shows up for birthdays and holidays just wasn't cutting it anymore. So moved back here to be closer to my family, and um, in doing so, you know, came across this opportunity and with Church World Service, and decided that this would be a great opportunity for me to live into my faith as well as uh, continue to do the work as a nonprofit. It's amazing, and thank you for sharing that with us. Back to the the churches that, that CWS works with, have you noticed or observed through your colleagues a change in, you know, as we've, we've observed over the past decade, 20, 30, 40 years, that churches are changing a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, sizes of churches, uh, many, many, many things have changed a lot. Has that affected the CWS at all? Has that altered how you guys work? I would say the traditions of churches as those continue to evolve. Um, one of our major partners is the Methodist Church. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you guys are very familiar with what just went down with them a couple yes. of weeks ago. Yes, we are. Um, but I, and I, as a Methodist myself, you know, um, I was very much, um, you know, when I saw what the final vote was, and then the Two days later, the church that I came to faith to down in Kentucky, mm-hmm. they made, and just remember, Kentucky is very much as red of a state, you know, conservative-based as you're going to find here in the U.S. Well, they said, you know what? It doesn't matter what the conference says. We're going to welcome everybody. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what your orientation or belief is. If you want to come closer to God, we are welcome here in our church. Yeah. And then like a day or two later was Ash Wednesday. And my church that I go to in Springfield, Mass., you know, the pastor made a comment during the Ash Wednesday service. Is he kind of changed the scripture around instead of saying, We walk now through the valley of the shadow of death. He goes, We now walk through the valley of the shadow of general conference. <laughs> like, wow, okay. <laughs> but because we do do work that supports individuals of the LBGTQ community. Sure. Now, if you are of a church that may not want to support that, but you see other programs that we have aligned to that you say, you know, we want to support this because we, we believe in that, mm-hmm. we welcome that. And we will say, if that's where you see yourselves, then fine. Your donation can go towards that program specifically. Interesting. And, you know, that's where we see the, the change in the churches as churches to continue to, to work to define themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, the, now on a other note, you know, you, I just read an article the other day that said, you know, half of the individuals here in the U.S. now define themselves as non-religious. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't get a chance to read too much into the to the article. It was primarily the headlines on social media that I saw. <laughs> right. and, um, but I thought that was an interesting, you know, headline that kind of really grabbed some attention. But also as we can also look at you know, ourselves as Christians and continue to, to uh, as we see how we are aligned and, you know, try to make sure we reach out to those who say, you know, we no longer see ourselves with a church. Well, why is that? Mm-hmm. And is it because of a vote like what happened with the Methodists? Yeah. Or is it, you know, and if that's the case, realize that that's, that's what one general thing says. It doesn't mean that that's what 
the individual churches say. Yeah, we um, talk about that a lot on this podcast. One of the taglines is redefining what we talk about when we talk about faith, about mm-hmm. this idea that it's um, not something separate from being a normal person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that sort of, sort of normalizing this idea of, of talking about faith. And I, I come from a... Uh, I, Podcast listeners will already know this, but <laughs> I come from the South and have a difficult relationship with being from the South mm-hmm. and, and all of that. And it's really interesting. And what draws me to this church specifically is the is the way in which we can all be kind and, and fair to one another mm-hmm. um, and still be people of faith, which sometimes those things do not coexist very well, which is the problem I have with it sometimes. <laughs> So I totally understand. And I, and I think you you you, nail, you hit the nail on the head there. It's that attitude, you know, instead of being opening and welcoming. Mm-hmm. It's those people who would rather condemn. And I don't know where in the Bible it says that we must condemn those who aren't willing to f- believe or follow what we say. It's, mm-hmm. you know, we want to welcome and be open to, you know, yeah. I always tell people, you know, Jesus sat with the tax collectors and the sinners. So... You know, he he know he he's he's there to welcome them, Absolutely. not to shut the door in their face. So, I would just hope that for those who are of that fifty percent mindset that they cannot don't feel welcome at a church, mm-hmm. that they would you know realize that the churches can be very opening, even if the op- overriding body of faith mm-hmm. may say the otherwise. Yeah, and I think I observed the same thing you did, which was after that UMC vote that a lot of churches and some that surprised me like mm-hmm. like yours in Kentucky that really came out and said this this does not represent us mm-hmm. and i know there were some international issues with why that vote ended up the way it did but i think a lot of the american churches umc churches i think it's actually it, it, there's a silver lining there um, in some way, mm-hmm. in some small, small way, <laughs> um, to change topics slightly, uh, we just did some hygiene kits mm-hmm. in our coffee hour time. What a what is that? B what did we do today? So what we did today, um, so the church uh, was very generous in going out and purchasing items for our hygiene kits. And what CWS does is we utilize these hygiene kits to support vulnerable communities. Um, these can be communities of need, you know, homeless or, you know, in shelter communities. It can also be communities that are devastated by natural disasters. Um, you know, we had, we've had in the last two years, since I've been with Church World Service, we've had five category four higher storms make landfall here in the U.S. Um, and if, case any of your listeners are curious yes that is a result of climate change (laughs) um so the so we have been deploying these kits to support families who and these are items that you would find at cvs or target but most likely are shut down because of these storms or these are items that you know if you are someone who relies on a shelter or a food pantry Mm -hmm. food stamps would not cover Okay. But it would allow them to have these items so that way, you know, their kids can brush their teeth in the morning. Or mm-hmm. if you have someone who um, goes to a shelter frequently, but they're able to help set up a, set them up with a job interview, these are the items that they can use to help get themselves cleaned up and mm-hmm. ready for a job interview. Yeah. So I saw some, there's some combs and soaps and nail clippers and all sorts of stuff, yep. right? Yeah. So it's a toothbrush, a hand towel, a washcloth, a bar of soap 
10 band-aids because you never know when you might you nick yourself need <laughs> uh, a wide tooth comb and uh, nail clippers fantastic yes and yeah. so all these items we put them into a gallon size bag it costs less than $15 to to make and we will use these uh, to help our neighbors in need both domestically and internationally uh, last year, we deployed over 55,000 of these bags, um, supporting individuals whose lives have been shaken up for various reasons. And um, they're very easy to ship, very easy to send out, and uh, support our, our neighbors in need. That's, it's amazing what you guys are doing, and amazing what Church World Service is doing and has done. I honestly didn't know the history about it, so mm-hmm. I think that's particularly uh, incredible how far back you guys go in helping the world. Yeah, it's you know the the call is there and the need is there, mm-hmm. and so we are we want to make sure that we are always ready to answer that call and answer that need. Um, when I go out and talk with groups, one of the questions that always comes up is you know you're in 40 countries, why not 41 or 42? And it's like, well, we have to be focused on the work we're doing. Sure. And we also have to make sure that the community, the work we do is, is what we call community partnership. Mm-hmm. So we go in and we work with the community in partnership to build a well or re- develop a school or some things like that. So that way when they are ready and the community knows how to maintain and work with this, so that way when we're able to leave, they can just handle it. And they can take care. Now, natural disaster happens or something unforeseen happens. Obviously, we will go back and support. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the idea is that we leave a community much better shape than where we came in. And that they, you know, the the, the families there are no longer malnourished. Um, you know, I, I tell a story of a farmer we worked with in Nicaragua. His, now, Nicaragua, you know, it's south of here. We don't. They don't have the cold weather that we have, um, so they grow year round. Mm-hmm. And primarily, his his land is he grows beans and cassava. And so one of the things we found though was he had actually access to an irrigation pond. So we were able to do an environmental test on his pond, and we found it could grow fish. So we went and we planted a thousand fish eggs in wow. the food for him. We taught his family how to fish. And in a year, they had 250 fish that they were able to pull. And now it provides fish protein for their family as well as in their village. We left 500 fish in there to continue the cycle of life. Mm-hmm. Uh, 250 fish didn't make it. But the rest that they, they, we left, you know, every year they're now able to harvest more and more fish. Oh, my gosh. It and is the teacher man to fish. And he'll exactly. Leave for, oh, my gosh. Yes. You guys are taking that one literally. We, we were That's able amazing. to teach someone to do that. So, That's amazing. And, you know, it, it, when I do this talk with churches, I have a great picture of actually uh, the farmer's son holding one of the fish. And it's it's a good eight-inch, eight you know, trout yeah. he's got in his hands. Amazing. Yes. We'll have to add that in the podcast notes. That's so wonderful. So if our listeners want to know more about Church World Service or be in contact, where could they go? So um, I always tell people, you know, Google, because that's how everyone (laughs) finds things. Sorry, my friends at Bing. Uh, If you go to, if you search CWS Global, Mm -hmm. you can't just end at CWS because there's the Chicago White Sox and the (laughs) College World Series also has the same initials and apparently they show up more often in Google searches. So. Yeah, I could see that happens. <laughs> and the, the Chicago White Sox are a little older than we are. So, um, but uh, if you search CWS Global, mm-hmm. it'll bring you to our website okay. and you'll be able to learn 
about all the different programs we're involved in. If you scroll down to the bottom of our page, you'll see a link that says Stories of Change. And you can read actually about all the different communities and the places we've been to and the individual families we help. Amazing. Well, thank you, Adam, so much for taking this time with me and sharing sharing uh, Church World Service with us. Thank you for having me, Leslie. It was great to you know talk with you, and uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to do this again sometime. Absolutely. Thanks. Thank you. This is Jim from Sarasota, Florida. Thank you for listening to Round Hill Radio. This podcast is brought to you by the members and friends of Round Hill Community Church. You can listen to more episodes on iTunes, SoundCloud, and roundhillcommunitychurch.org. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave a review. Thanks.